You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, where your hosts have endured... 24 whole hours of Dungeons and Dragons, and they still have their wits about them. And by our hosts, I mean... Justin. And, of course, Ricky. I'm not sure wits about us. I think we've finally recovered... Yeah, I went home Enough and... of our wits to the point of, I'm a functional human being again. But yeah, no, we uh, just did D&D for Charity, 24-hour session... And so let's talk about this. But before we get into that, we'll follow our standard protocol of jumping into our role recap. This time, I will go first because, shocking, my list is shorter than yours. Um, so we recorded, talked about Nemesis, and then I got to play a game I've been wanting to play for like a month and a half at least. Mm-hmm. And it it's about January. Early January. So it was about a month at the time when I played it. Now it's been about a month and a half. Uh, and that, my friends, is called Wingspan by Stonemeyer Games. Medium weight, Euro-ish game about creating a bird sanctuary. Huh. And collecting birds. Fun fact, the cards have bird facts on them. Fun bird facts, you say? Some are fun. Some are just weird bird facts. But Birds um, have feathers. <laughs> not, not that weird. Sometimes they eat seeds. These are two free facts, okay? Take them. All right. So we got to play that. I really, really loved it. And um, only reason I got to play is because I know someone uh, who shops at the local store who is one of the Stonemaier champions who get first access through the web store of the the actual company to get the game a little sooner than uh, retail. I've got mine pre-ordered on retail. It should be coming out in three weeks, I think, uh, early March. Then we played a little Dungeon Mayhem, which is that Wizards of the Coast D&D, like, beat-em-up, really fast-paced card game. Um, got my wife to... Well, for Christmas, I got her Sherlock Holmes, the Consulting Detective. And we've sat down and played it. That is a lot of fun. And Sherlock cheats. By cheat, I mean he's way too good. So, while it took us, like, 12 clues to figure out most of what was going on in the crime... It took him six. Granted, we had we did discover this whole side crime that he had no idea that it existed, so it was kind of neat that way. Um, but it's a really fun uh, choose choose your own adventure puzzler doohickey sort of game. Um, got to play some Game of Thrones LCG. Been uh, worked with a buddy who got me uh, a Greyjoy list that I was running, and now I'm going to tweak it to make it my flavor, but. Um, it itself is a very solid list, and I'm very happy with um, at least the the main structure of it. It's just going to be flavoring uh, flavoring to taste now for me mm-hmm. uh, of how that deck works. Um, played some Gloomhaven, session three of that. I wish I can get more games of that in, mainly because there's so much to play, but it takes like two hours per session with four people. It's just... Not fast. Good, 
just not fast. And then last night at the LCG night, did uh, session three of the Forgotten Age Arkham Horror scenario, Threads of Fate. This one's neat. So I know you've, we'll get into your role recap here in a second where you get to talk about this a little bit, but um, you have your normal one agenda act. Mm-hmm. But that's what the game's trying to do, and that's the bad deck, that uh, plot deck. Mm-hmm. And normally you have one act deck. This one has three huh. simultaneously running. Yeah, have fun with that. I'm not going to tell you why or what's going on, but essentially there's three things you have to do all at once, and they run it in order to create that chaos of, like, how are you going to prioritize? What are you going to do first? What are you going to do next? Are you going to get through everything at once? They run three different decks that you can kind of pick at throughout the, the session. So that's my role recap. Very light, um, personally. I'm, I'm pretty sure that has something to do with the 24-hour D&D taking up, like, an entire weekend of yeah. my life. And then hibernating for, like, at least the next 24-ish hours afterwards. So, what about you? We're back at it again. Me and, me and my girlfriend, uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Played a lot of that. But I did re-sleeve all of the cards, and that's a literal game changer. Yeah, I'm looking at you, and you probably have something to say. No, it reminded me what I did during the D&D session to keep my sanity. No. Or not keep my sanity. We'll get into that later. But they, that's why I almost choked on my, my cider there. Yeah. And then I had a, a game night with my folks and my niece because who doesn't like a board game? And for Christmas I decided this year I was not getting the children and my family any kind of electronic related device so i got them a bunch of board games you gave them i was gonna say you weren't gonna give them gifts and you gave them the gift of your company well yeah exactly so i gave i gave my niece a bunch of games that she really wanted to play so we played through some of them nice um, what was on the list uh well we played through one of my games which was ticket to ride um that was the standard american board yeah, and okay. that, that was my parents' uh, favorite game of the night. My dad, nice. a week later, is still talking about it and talking about how he wants to get another crack at it. It's a good um, one. Yeah. Even my mom just got really, really into it. So it was really nice to see, kind of like I told you with my girlfriend, she wasn't into board games at all, and we played Ticket to Ride, it, and it just opened the door. She's like, okay, maybe there are going to be some fun board games out there. This is the magic of a gateway game, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It gets them a taste, it's not intimidating, it's easy to play, and then all of a sudden, hey, when are we playing that again is the next conversation topic. Mm-hmm. That's um, why I love gateway games. Yeah. We also played um, some Boss Monster. A little bit harder to explain to my folks. My niece and I have played it a few times, so she kind of, she has the hang of it already. Okay. But your parents had a little bit tougher time with it. Yeah, they, they, got, they got into it later on in the game. Okay. I think it, I mean, it helps that my niece, well, it didn't help. My niece knew what she had to do, so she was gunning for it at the beginning <laughs> of the game. She didn't care if they were trying to learn or not. Um, and then we played Attack on Titan The Last Stand. Um, based off of the anime. Based off the anime. I bought, um, that was the game I picked up for my niece for Christmas because she is a fan of the, the anime. And Now, is this the one that has, like, the cardboard titan that you, like, jump yeah. up on and there's, like, different platform levels of it. Okay, yeah. I've seen this game. 
Yeah. It was it was an interesting concept. I don't know if we necessarily played it 100% right because the instructions weren't very well put together. Um, were they in English at least? They were in English, but they had like on one page they showed everything, like just a picture of everything that came in the box. Okay. And then on the next p- page gave you a list of everything that was in the box, but didn't really link them up so you knew what cards were Ooh. what. Yeah. So it's like, you should have seven of these cards. So I found a deck of seven. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. These are them. Halfway through the game, I realized, no, those aren't them. We're not supposed to be using those cards yet. Let's pull those out. Let's try redoing this. Oh, okay. That makes a little more sense. But yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I played it again now, I would have, uh, it would be easier to jump into, but the, the instructions really could have been written a little, bit, um, a little bit better. Yeah. Fair. Um, anything else? I finally took the dive. I'm uh, I'm in the Arkham Horror LCG club now. Welcome. I, uh, Welcome yeah. to Madness. I picked up uh, um, a corset and then... All the deluxes that, or all the deluxe boxes that are out currently, just so that I have them and I can get to the cards inside of them. Um, you're starting to tell me to pump the brakes because, in typical Ricky fashion, I just want to buy everything and I want it now. True, and I totally get that. Um, yeah. But, um, and you know, we'll be talking about this on our our next episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, how do you approach something like this where the game's been out since 2016? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you're, you're talking, there's the core, there's the Dunwich cycle, the Carcosa cycle, the Forgotten Age cycle, and now the Circle uh, cycle. Um, as well as, like, little side things that have come out here and there. Mm-hmm. How do you approach something like that from a, I have nothing to... Where do I start? Yeah. So, um, I think that'll be a very good thing to talk about, because uh, you just went through it, mm-hmm. and kind of how to prioritize some of these things, and where to do your research, and where to, where to pump the brakes, per se. Mm-hmm. So, well, welcome. <laughs> and I would say I'm sorry for your wallet, but I've been on this train since 2016. Choo-choo. Yeah, at least you're picking them up as they come. And Yeah, but they don't stop. Yeah, and you know, me. That's that whole living thing. Yeah, but me. Living card game. It keeps going. Now I have to decide what's more important Star Wars Legion or Arkham Horror. Um, Things are about to get real tough for my wallet real soon. I want to say Legion's coming out with things hotter and faster. Yeah, well, Because it's usually like two or three units a month. Yeah, I know. It's getting crazy. One pack a month. It's getting crazy, and I mean, if we're going to start talking about that, then let's actually jump into our news. News? Because even though it seems like it's been forever since things were announced, I realize that 24 hours worth of Dungeons & Dragons will do that to you. Um, We've had many things announced in Star Wars Legion. Uh, Sabine Wren, um, Bosk... Uh, uh, Sabine Wren and Bosk are were both announced. Right, I remember Sabine. I don't remember Bosk. Bosk, yeah, Bosk is oh, going yeah. to be the Imperial. Yeah, so I'm pretty pretty jazzed about that. We have two of the five original bounty hunters now, right? Yeah, because we got fed already, and then Bosk will be next. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Any future predictions on who's the next bounty hunter? Ooh. Are we going IG-88, uh, Zuckus, or Forlom? See, and I don't know... I'm wondering if they're gearing up for... My money's going to be on IG-88 because he's a fan favorite. IG-88's fantastic. But... Cause like but for, then what, what if we want to have a... Uh, a scum faction? Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. That, that's my prediction is since they're starting to get into more of the extended, the Clone Wars, everything that's going to go on with that. Um, they're showing that they're getting into Rebels era. I think eventually they are going to start putting more teams in. Um, and honestly, I'll probably give it a lot more life um, if you have different objectives for different teams. Bring right. in like a scum faction who is... He needs to harder hunt a specific target on the field. Yeah. Because there's a bounty. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, no, I could see that going really well. Yeah. Um, they did also announce that they are bringing out a new, bringing out new terrain, uh, the ATS, mm-hmm. uh, the downed ATST. Um, yeah. So that, that's going to be interesting to see out on the field. Um, but then the big thing that I saw that they announced that I'm fairly excited about because hopefully this won't be me constantly spending my money but i get my star wars fix out of a board game um star wars outer rim uh fantasy flight announced this um they are taking pre-orders on it already and have you actually taken a look at this just yet a little bit um yeah. besides like oh my god it's another star wars game um it seems interesting because you're like you're building up your crew your ship you know, to me, it kind of has a Firefly feel to it. Yeah. So, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I know it's supposed to be out in the second quarter of 2019. I'm probably going to say that's going to be day one purchase for me. And then I'm going to probably sit outside of your house until you allow me in to play it, Justin. Cause, uh, Fair. Uh, another new announcement. Besides uh, Outer Rim, um, also from the Fantasy Flight genre, is the next cycle set um, for Keyforge. Mm. Um, Age of Ascension. So it was um, uh, Discovery first, now we're, we're sending. So new starters, new two player starters, set, new sets of decks, uh, new cards. Obviously, you're going to be coming in. There are some cards that are in the first set that will be in this set, and then there are some cards that are being left behind. So it's it's not, it's going to be interesting how they take it. Um, one of the things that they are doing, remember those Maverick cards that can exist, where it's mm-hmm. like it's from a different house, but now it's it, it jumps houses mm-hmm. or factions, if you will. Um, they're doing like legacy jumps too. So a card that isn't printed that was part of set one could potentially jump into set two. Interesting. As, as like a super rare sort of idea. So different ideas. Um, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest thing is they just kind of make sure there's product for people. Um, yeah. That was the biggest problem with Keyforge to start with is there was a lot and then there wasn't. Um, Sushi Roll. Uh, Game Right Games has uh, announced Sushi Roll coming up in 2019. Which seems to be a lighter, fun, um, dice-based version of Sushi Go. 
So sushi go, your drafting card, sushi roll, mm. now rolling dice, get it. Ah. Ah, they're clever. Um, it seems interesting. Um, one that I kind of caught interest on is um, the new Time Stories expansion was announced, uh, which is a Midsummer's Night, so it's hitting a uh, interesting reboot, kind of. The idea is... Time Stories is wrapping up with its last expansion, which should be out very soon. So the Time Stories Revolution, uh, each one's going to be a standalone, and Midsummer Night is the first one. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Um, I kind of like Time Stories, but my only my problem with it is a lot like Escape, the Escape Room games, things like that. Once you've done it, you've done it. Mm-hmm. They're fun, interesting puzzles, and then they're kind of over with. And then Villainous has its new expansion coming out, which, uh, Wicked to the Core, adding three new villains to the mix, that's going to have the Evil Queen, uh, Dr. Facilier. So, and then uh, the third here, or the third villain, I should say, is Hades from Hercules. So, I'm, oh. I'm kind of stoked about yeah. Hades, personally, because Herc was a big, I was a big fan of Herc, so. And it's funny, because, like, the, the pawns are always, are very colorful in there, um, Dr. Facilier is like the top hat that he wears. Uh, the Evil Queen is kind of her in a cloak and a cowl. And then um, the figure for Hades is like him in his robes with the like billowing blue smoke all over the place. Mm. So that's some new stuff. Uh, Castles of Burgundy has a fancy edition coming out, from what I can tell. Yeah, so why don't we just dive right into our main topic here and talk about our 24 hours... Descent into Madness, when we play D&D for charity, all night. All night long. Well, so first we should talk about why we did it. Yeah. So, um, if any of you are unfamiliar with the, um, the organization Extra Life, um, it is a foundation that, um... That you could sign up for, where you play through marathons, raising uh, play board games or video games um, for extended periods of time to raise money, um, and all that money is used to support local Children's Miracle uh, Network hospitals. Mm-hmm. So depending on where you are, and and um, well, depending on where you are, it will. Uh, sign you up to an affiliated hospital and you'll be playing for them. You've seen a lot, I mean, chances are you've seen a lot of um, video streams will do something similar to this to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. They'll play video games or online games for... Yeah, a lot of tris- I've seen a lot of tr- uh, Twitch streamers. Mm-hmm. They are uh, in partnership with Twitch, like you said, Rooster Teeth, Humble Bundle, and Wizards of the Coast. So they do mm-hmm. have um, quite a bit of actual. Um, they have a lot of legitimacy to them. Not to say they're uh, there's reason to think they're. Uh, but so we came together. It was us and. I ten do others. Ten others, um, so which initially total of twelve. Total of twelve, fifteen people initially signed up and paid the entry fee uh, to play, but then couldn't make it in the end. Yeah, we had a couple of people who couldn't make it. Um, this is not to in, 
not to discount that um, that was the 12 players, or 15 players originally, uh, two dungeon masters, and then um, the store owner uh, also kind of was around helping mm -hmm. facilitate, and then um, late in the night, you know, jumped in for a little while as we had uh, some people who had to d dip out. And um, we all got together around uh, four... Uh, we did get a little bit of a late start, only due to issues with printers and all that fun stuff. But the usuals, yeah. Twenty-four hours. We initially signed up just because we thought it'd be fun. We did not realize what really went into twenty-four hours of playing Dungeons and Dragons. It was quite the experience. Yeah. Um, they did have it set up so that we could take a little bit of a break um, mm -hmm. every few hours just to make sure we got up, walked around, got food. So, yeah, the general uh, scenario that the, the the creative team there put together was kind of five sections, mm. of like a five-part quest sort of situation. Um, an estimate about four hours per each section with like about an hour between to, to break, use the restroom. Grab food. Get food, eat something, you know, stretch, move around. Um, also they did, uh, the milestone leveling, which I've done in uh, campaigns before where like, once you hit a certain point in the story arc, well, you'll get a level opposed to using the standard experience point system. So, um, the breaks were also to level the characters to the next mm. point in their career so that, um, the, ne the next challenging piece as it got tougher throughout the session, um, we continued. So, um... We did post some pictures midstream as we uh, did on our Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. um, just kind of capturing some of the minis and some of the things because the team there did a really good job painting uh, mm. all the minis for the session. And they did a real good job putting everything together. It was very, very well put together, and um, we definitely felt it as the intensity grew um, as we got higher level. I don't know if it was as high that we were higher level the intensity grew or we got more exhausted which made it seem more intense. Yeah. It was it was a definite mix of the two on top of um on top of us just trying to figure out what to do as our brains are just mush. Empty, yeah. Yeah. All right. So to, for the sake of getting everything together and, and going, we essentially were all put together on a boat for various reasons, whatever reason we wanted to think of in our background that didn't mm -hmm. matter. It's a one-shot sort of situation, so the mm -hmm. background didn't matter as much. But we're going to this island to save the world. Mm -hmm. But to save the world and stop whatever is going to happen, we have to get to the, uh, the wizard's tower in the center of the island, which is protected by magical barriers. These barriers are in four different sections of the um, island that we each have to search to to discover the key to unlock it and then move on to the next section. Surprise, four sections plus tower, that equals five. There's our five sections that we went through. And if it does sound very tropish, they wanted it that way. Mm. Um, because they knew 24 hours, they just kind of wanted to, to, to ham it up a little bit as far as the, the classic tropes go. So area one, uh, we're fourth level. And we go into the jungles. And the very first encounter, very first thing that we have to figure out how to beat as a group is a T-Rex. Tons of fun. 
it didn't survive very long, but it was still a lot of fun trucking through the jungle, mm-hmm. getting hunted by a dinosaur, and then having to fade it. Mm-hmm. Um, found a, essentially lizard men hiding out in ruins, had to dispatch them, and eventually figured out that if we had uh, we had to topple their lizard man totem statue mm-hmm. to uh, release the key. So that was a fun, challenging thing. A um, little bit more of a wave after wave of uh, lizard men sort of situation kind of happened there. And then it was a, a test of strength to to topple the statue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was section that was section one, or, or hours one through four, if you will. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? That was pretty good. Um, I did like um, with all of us being thrown in together, twelve of us. You have like your your normal players, the players who are always very skeptical skeptical of traps being everywhere. Yep. Your um, characters that just want to run into danger uh, head first, not care. Mm-hmm. Um, your characters that are hanging back and trying to see what's going to happen before they do something. So it was a, a wide range of players in this. So that that was nice to get us all thrown into the action right away. Right. It was just we were walking and it popped up on us. Um, it got a lot of us used to each other real quick. Um, before we were able to really get into the thick of the night. Yeah, um, so we take our break. Uh, I actually leave the store because it, this was like 8, 9 o'clock at night. My wife hadn't eaten yet, so, and I know her. So I'm like, okay, if she's not eating yet, she's not going to unless I somehow magically make food appear for her, so... I bring her some food, and I grab my Sentinels collection. The store got their big restock that I asked for out of sleeves, because I've been slowly sleeving this game. Yeah, and I would also like to discuss the fact that I've been going in every week asking if they've gotten more sleeves in, and being told that, no, it's really hard to keep them in, just to find out you've been buying every single one that they have gotten in stock over the past. In fairness, I let them sit for about three days before I went and cleared them out. Likely story. No, it's true. Probably true. You just didn't go to those three days that they got in versus when I picked them up. Um, Because I I, I wanted to give other people a fair shot at them if people were looking for them. Mm -hmm. Because I knew I needed a insane amount. Anyway, he got a bunch of, and he got literally a box of these in. A box of boxes of them. And I didn't know that they were there until after we had started. So I took the break to go get my collection because I didn't know how many boxes I officially needed anymore. So with the blessing of the store owner, I started cracking and sleeping while we were playing just to keep my hands busy. 1,300 cards. And I watched you. It's very impressive. It was a machine. I had a, I had a system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was more than thirteen hundred cards. I got. I should figure out the real total on that, because I sleeved uh, over seventeen hundred cards. Oh wow! With with the number of boxes that I used, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of cards. Anyway, yeah. So that's what I was kind of doing in the meantime, and yes, one hundred percent, I have sleeved every single Sentinels card in a. 
mid-tier sleeve because otherwise it would have been ridiculously expensive. Mm -hmm. It was already expensive enough, but I wanted to protect this investment. But I didn't want to buy Dragon Shield, so I went with the uh, Arcane Tin Med board game sleeves mm -hmm. in that finish. A little bit better than Penny sleeves, but they're still relatively on the lower cost scale. Yeah. Um, so get that a nice, you know, set hour six through ten. I'm, you know, starting to work on these sleeves. Then we, and then we go to a castle. So hours five through. No, six through ten. Six through ten. Sorry. Because we had an hour break, so it's like 6 through 10. We're in this chasm. Go to this cavern, or um, canyon, and crevice that is formed. And the best part about this was the fact that I played a Kenku, and one character decided to climb down the canyon instead of taking this the path that everybody else found not too long after. And Even then, after halfway through. And then proceeded to fail his climb checks and fell like 150 feet in this 300 foot cavern before he caught himself and wrecked himself. So my Kenku was able to accurately represent the sound of a dwarf falling down a cavern for the remainder of the, the, remainder of the 24 hours. Oh, that was so great. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got a little slap happy because anytime like the mood needed to be broken, I just started making that noise. Yeah. And then everybody at the table laughed and then, you know, Tensions kind of died down. Because, yeah, after spending 24 hours with people, one, tensions are high. Now you've been playing D&D &D with them for 24 hours. Tensions are even higher. Because everybody's exhausted, everybody's cranky, and they just want to get it over with. Um, so we find we get to the bottom, and out of nowhere, earth elementals pop up and start hurting badly. They just start wrecking us. Yeah. Um... We fight back. We eventually beat them down. We find a cave. We find a intricately like puzzle lock trap pillar sort of thing, which is the keys because we were actually told that like dexterity and and deftness will be your next thing. So lock picking. I'm the only freaking rogue in the entire group of twelve. I had a disgusting amount of. Other people had good checks, but I was the only actual rogue that was like. Solid at it. Everybody else was. I had a dexterity of eighteen. Right. That's with lockpick skills and. Right. You're the only other one though. Yeah. Everybody else was like, barely able to do it. Yeah. And they had a lot of locks. Lots yeah. of locks. Also, I decided to play an assassin, not a standard thief. So while I was good, I wasn't like focused on it. Mm. Either way. Wave after wave of earth elementals as the melee and healers try to figure this out and try to hold them off. There's like you, me, and one other that were like doing these lockpick checks as much as fast as we humanly can. And I guarantee you, my first ones were great. And then there was four turns in a row. I got nothing higher than a 10. Mm -hmm. So it got rough really fast. Mm -hmm. um, did pass. Successfully, yay, we got through it. Um, we took our, our, like, what was it, two? Like two in the morning? I don't know. I, I can't even track what time it was. Um, it was early morning, like mid, middle of the night style. Yeah. Take our next break, level our characters again. Um, and so we move into the next section, which is actually 
We're to level six now. Uh, I'm multi-class, so I was three levels of rogue and a level of fighter to start with, and then I kept taking fighter levels. Mm-hmm. So this time I got my fighter archetype. So not only I'm an assassin archer, but mm-hmm. now I'm an arcane archer. Now I can put some some extra mojo in the arrows. So I started having fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you were just a straight-up, like, ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of fun playing uh, with that and seeing mm. how these classes kind of grew um, in, like, four-hour chunks. Because the, the the thing I don't like about fast-leveling in games is then you don't get to experience what they did, but we all had, like, four hours at a level. Mm-hmm. Like, that was fun. All right, new toys. Next level. Phase three. We went to hell. Mm-hmm. Like, little, literal actual hell on Earth. Uh, we started at this point getting... Restless and restless and uh, the party split. We yeah. we couldn't. We we sat there and we couldn't deal with what half the group wanted to do and said we don't want to do that. Um, so okay. to be fair, we're on a path, and a mile away is this giant demon. Half the group went. We're on a path. Let's keep going. He doesn't seem to notice us. Let's just keep going. And then, well, half the group is Holy Avenger Paladin styles. So they're like, nah, screw that. That's a demon. They're like, we're in hell. And they're gone. Yeah. So we get, we, and that was the nice thing about having two um, DMs. DMs is the fact that they're like, okay, you guys want to do that? Two separate. And usually splitting up the group is not a fun thing. Because oh. half the players sit around and do nothing when watch mm-hmm. the other group and then the flip-flop and your time's like split. But but when you have two DMs and you have five people on one table and then seven uh, yeah seven yeah. people on the other table, yeah. It, it, worked. It, it worked. It worked very nicely. It was a lot of fun. And um, played into the, um, the final part of Hell very well because I was part of the group that continued on and encountered one of the demonesses. We yeah we were both on that team yeah yeah oh that's so, right you were there too yeah yeah I forgot yeah see this is where my brain is like melted yeah um as so, we yeah. start getting later and later into the evening yeah exactly our brains start getting melted we start getting extremely slap happy I ended up pulling or uh, downloading a ham horn onto my phone oh, God yes and anytime anyone would roll a nat twenty I would ham horn it up and then we got. The store owner... To hamhorn uh, over the he, store's he, audio system. He loved it, so he went and he downloaded his own handhorn, ham horn, and, yeah, over the store uh, sound system, anytime anyone would get uh, 20, he would hit it, and it was just so great. It was... The, people had a lot of fun with it. It was getting a little obnoxious by, like, hour 20. No, I still loved it. I know you did, but other people were getting tired of it. Meh. But that's fine. Like, They're wrong. <laughs> so yeah, we go. We 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 split off by one of these demonesses who almost wrecks us. Yeah, she to was a point, insane. Like, oh look, took down the paladin. Oh, took down the cleric. The only cleric that's with you guys. The other group didn't even have one. And then it's like three squishy characters because I'm like ro- I'm a rogue fighter not supposed to be in melee combat you're a ranger not supposed to be in melee combat and who was the last one we had 
What's her name? That was the paladin. We had Andy. The warlock. Yeah, uh, that that's the, when the stormer jumped in. Yeah. So he jumped in and he was playing a, a warlock. So again, very fragile hit points. So it just turned into a lot of, hey, look at me over here, I'm shooting you, and then as she would start coming after one of us. Because she hit someone. Yeah, well, she'd come after us, and then the other ones would run up to the paladin and the the cleric and throw... To to be fair, that was me. Yeah. that's only because I was three levels in rogue and have the special ability that I I could take the disengage to avoid the attacks of opportunity... As a bonus action, opposed to taking a full round, so I was able to be much more proactive, running around not getting hit, mm-hmm. while finding potions to dump into the down companion's bodies. It just pit, dust them off a little bit, like, all right, you got you got another round in you. She's coming back. Yeah. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> so I it, it got that was rough. It got pretty intense pretty quick. But we won. We won. It was fun. And then we sat down with the main group again. And then they they defeat the big demon. They had this big giant like dragon griffin fight thing. I I never even got the full story. They had mainly because I was so tired already. My focus was gone. Yeah, they um they went and they they went up to the giant demon. Saw a saw it swatting at something. It turns out it was a paladin riding a griffin who's been in hell for thousands of years or something like that. Um, but just went crazy and didn't know that they were uh, they were non demons and attacked them mm. and then they fought off the paladin and they killed the paladin. Um, so they rejoin us and we sit down and five of the demons that we had just fought the five of the demonesses that we just fought mm-hmm. pop up on board. They're the final conflict for the, the hell section because everything mm-hmm. kind of like a boss fight sort of set up. So they're the final section in here. The five of us who already dealt with one of these things were just nope. Yeah. Don't want to deal with it. The rest of the group's like, yeah, let's go. And they're like, no, no. And then I think one person got hit once and just got straight up murdered. Right. And then went, oh. The rest of us went, we warned you. Yeah. Uh, it was actually really great. It was a good moment of how the split actually came together in in the end. So we deal with the Demises barely um, in the sense of it was an arcane puzzle. So it was like a lot of arcane knowledge checks and, and insights. So you had to be learned or wizened to do so. Luckily, this is the same level I decided I would be, become a arcane archer. Which got me hmm. knowledge arcane as a proficiency, and it was damn, damn well timed. Well, well, where, oh, the wizard's down, the sorcerer is down. Everybody else is pretty much dying on the battlefield because these demonesses are just wrecking everybody that they look at. Hmm. So here I am with some really good sneak checks, sneak up to the tower, and probably the last round before they found me and would turn on me. I get that one last check that was needed because mm. we sent. Uh, it was like the barbarian that went, and then one of the uh, smitey paladins, not very smarty paladins, that were just not making good checks because they had like negative one bonuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was bad. I actually go over there and you know pull pull their butts out of the out of hell, 
And so final break. Things are getting exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, we had breakfast because it was now like eight in the morning. Well, we call this the final break because we were supposed to have another break between this next portion and the last portion. But then we started to realize that if we tried to take an hour break, we weren't going to finish. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. We had twenty hour, 24 hours real time to finish this scenario. So if we actually ran out of time... We lost and didn't save the world. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was there was a really nice, like, real-world mechanic of let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And most people at that point were like, yeah, let's just keep going. Let's get through this and be done with it. Yeah, I think at that point it was one of those, if I sit down for a moment and I'm not actively engaged, I'm just going to fall asleep. Yeah, we had, we had people falling asleep at the table. It was, yeah. It was exhausting. So, now we go to Aquatic World, or mm-hmm. Kevin Costner's Home World. I'm not sure which. Waterworld. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Um, the the DMs, in the sake of time and energy, kind of cut a little bit out of it, I know. Because um, we get to the final boss pretty quickly, which was a bunch of uh, sorcerer elves who were summoning, you guessed it, a kraken. Yep. We came, they released it. And then the Kraken proceeded to pick everything up within its reach and then use it as ammunition to throw at us. Mm-hmm. Including the elves. Especially the elves. Our wizard turned to a shark and he was thrown back at us. Uh, well, we. The centaur paladin that we had in our group, because, you know, whatever. We, it was crazy. Was picked up and thrown at us. Our minotaur was picked up and thrown at us. We kind of played volleyball with the. Sh- uh, the- the uh, shark. The shark wizard. Shark wizard, yeah. Yeah. We just kept throwing them back and forth. Um, that was a fun scenario. Um, because it just... Out of nowhere. Kraken. Let's just, go. Just lay into it. Try doing as much as you can. You can't really get too, too close because it'll pick you up and throw you. But we were pretty slap happy at that point. I think... Um, was there any check that we had to do in that, or is it just beat the hell out of the... No, it was just beating the Kraken. Yeah. Which was tough enough. Which was tough enough, and honestly, at that point... That's all we We, we just wanted to tank and spank. We just wanted to get in there and just keep smacking it around until until it was done. Great thing. We do that. We have a mini break, and then we go into the Wizard's Tower. That's where we get literally the toughest fight of the entire session. A, another adventuring party of only five members. But because of some bad uh, choices, some some interesting scenarios, our wizard failed to, tried and then failed to charm one of them, which caused them to attack us with not one, but two Corn of Colds, wiping out 75% of the group. Just on their knees, just like dump down. Rough. Mm-hmm. Rough time. And of course they have a rogue. They have a bard. They have a wizard. They have a monk. They have a barbarian. They didn't have no primary hero, which is probably what saved us. But uh, we took out the casters first because we're not... We're, we're, yeah. We're not green to this anymore. <laughs> target the wizard. Target the bard. Target the rogue. Then you take out your monk and your barbarian. Yeah. Because they're going to take a while to beat down. But if you can stop the DPS, mm-hmm. 
you're doing good. Get to the top of the tower. Captain Monologue the Wizard wakes up from his eternal slumber and, of course, monologues. That we released him from his prison, yada, yada, yada. And then we proceed to beat him, too. Well, he had a lot of fun because he had all his crazy wizardy powers. So, prismatic walls, um, like indestructible globes of just nose. Mm. Everything was, was part of that. So, it was rough. Not gonna lie. Someone polymorphed into a T-Rex and then ate him. I wish I was kidding. But that's literally what happened when we hit like hour 23 is we decided to eat the wizard. Well, he turned into a dragon after that and then proceeded to finally kill someone permanently and then it was just another slugfest of people being blinded permanently from the the prismatic wall. Mm Mm-hmm. Fumbling around, trying to do best they can, fighting this dragon that wouldn't land. It was... We stopped it. Yeah. It was it was a ton of fun. Um, it, it, I mean, at that point, we were pretty slap-happy. That was the first character death of the night, too. So, I mean, to go 23 hours without a character dying, permanent, dying. Permanent death. Yeah. A lot of people fell down to zero, and we were able to recover. But this was like, dead, cannot recover, good game. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was fun. Um, long, but fun. And when it was over, it was more of like... Less celebratory, but more of a relief yeah. is how I felt it. And I think everybody else did, but we I know we everybody had fun at the same time. Yeah. I'm willing to enjoy it now and celebrate it now, but at the time I was ready to... It's over. It's finally over. Yeah. I went home and I just fell asleep and I stayed asleep. Yeah, I slept about 12 hours that, next, that night. Yeah, 14 hours on my end. Monday was rough. Um, the day after, but I was kind of functioning. I just felt like I was sleep deprived the entire day, mm. which I, I was, even though I slept 12 hours because I hadn't slept 24 hours prior to that. Now, you know, the next day, the Tuesday after I was back to normal, mm-hmm. felt, felt normal again. So it was fun. I'm glad we did it. It was for charity. Mm-hmm. Would you do it again? Oh yeah, no. Yeah, Definitely. Okay. I know you're thinking like... I'm not sure if I would. Yeah. Give it another like two months and you'll forget all the sleep deprived portion of it. That that will be probably what it'll exactly be. Right now it's it's too fresh of a wound as far as what I put myself through. I already know that in two months I'll say yes. So I'm already going to say yes because I I might as well not lie about it. I I would would definitely do it again. I mean... um, if but you, you think but about you wouldn't it, do it this weekend. No, I wouldn't do it this weekend, no. No. But if you think about it, that was probably at least like four or five like different sessions worth of D&D in one night. If you played with your right. friends, I mean, that could take half a year to play, depending on how depending often on you... Depending on your group and how yeah, often you get together. Yeah, yeah, depending on how often you get together. If you're... So... To be able to do that all in one night was a, a lot of fun. It kind of felt like... The you, story progressed. We did yeah. things. We accomplished stuff. We moved on to the next thing. Accomplished a new task. Mm-hmm. It felt like we were getting someplace. And it felt like we were making really good progress. Because, well, we were. 
Yeah. But we, like you said, you crammed about, if it was a once a month game, we crammed about five months into one long night yeah. of progress. And I think it was great. It mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Um, this is the first time they did something like this. There's definitely room for improvement. Um, this was a lot more scenario and challenge based. So I'm really excited to see what they plan next time. Because there is going to be a next time, and I think uh, I already heard some of the hints of what they're trying to pull off. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what it looks like, and probably we'll do it all over again. Yeah. As far as uh, it was kind of the store's call that they didn't want to do any sort of recording or streaming of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's primarily because of the liability of people being sleep deprived or acting. They wanted us to have fun. Pe- they want people to be have fun and not be so conscious about being recorded mm-hmm. and, walk- and being and being PC or, or watching themselves or whatever the case yeah. may be. So, um, you know, they may be doing more streaming and things of their shorter regular sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're talking about doing that more, but maybe keeping the event stuff uh, event stuff private because you paid to be there. Mm-hmm. You're going to get. You're, you're going to get your uh, private show. Mm-hmm. So that does it for our 24-hour slug of D&D. Would not do it again right now, but once we have kind of forget about the, the pain part of it, we'll probably do it again. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I already know I will. So I am anticipating it. Next time, we'll be talking how to get into a game that has been around with a pile of expansions or has been around... And seeing different iterations, and how to get to something that's already established, without necessarily um, making that misstep, knowing that knowing that you can come in it with a uh, knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? My brain's still broken. Any closing statements? My brain's still broken. Well, yeah, from from us, uh, from all of us over here at tabletop, you know the two of us. Our brain's still broken. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you.